Okay, today I talk with my friend Gary Ann Lesner. We get to sit face to face and we talk about, man, all the things where God is challenging her. She says some fabulous things in there about throwing each other a rope that already has a knot on it. And you'll hear um, what she is starting and what she's not going to hide behind anymore. And um, she'll give you a great list of books too. So you have to go get your cup of coffee and come sit with us and enjoy. Okay, y'all, this is my friend, Carrie Ann Lesner. Okay, hi. Hey. Look, we get to sit face to face. That doesn't happen That doesn't often. always happen. Nope. That's why part of the reason I want to do, do a podcast. I love to sit down with my friends. Yeah. And if you have to have a podcast to make it like... Official. Official. Talk. Yeah. Well, then you have like, you know, sometimes you're like, I just had coffee with four people. But also when you get to do it face to face in real life, that... Yeah. It's way better. Better. Mm-hmm. better. Way, it's more better. Way more better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So you like met a friend. Uh, my college roommate and best friend. Um, she lives in Austin, and so this is like a halfway point. And it was the first time she's lived there for forever, and I've lived in Houston for forever. And this was the first time that we were like, "Hey, we could totally meet and have lunch in Brenham," and it's a fun it's a, little town. It is. So sweet. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, until you live here. Well. You're like, get me out of Washington <laughs> I'm just kidding. I do love it, but I do need to, like, I just need to leave Washington County for a little bit. I don't have to go in Target. I could just wave at a Target. Yes. You know, just something. I else. hear you. I hear you. I grew up in small-town America, so, yeah, it's important to get out get once out. in a while. Yes. Yep. But I do love this area. Yeah. So Okay, so um, where did you... Um, you went to eat. What did you eat at Funky Art Cafe? I know that's where you I ate. had the cheese grits. Cheese grits. And, and I got the little side salad with the balsamic maple. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's, I've got to figure that out. I, I'm sure that it's just an emulsion, and I just need to figure that it's out. It's just balsamic and maple, probably. And some EVOO or something. Yeah. Super easy. And then we had that, the dip at the beginning that has artichokes and cranberries and a gob ton of cheese. It was really lovely. I get a pumpkin burger well, okay. every time. Get, Not I didn't the burger even, part. Just I get on the salad. What? So I didn't even have the guts to ask. What's a pumpkin burger? Is it like a meatless option? No. Yeah. Okay. But it's made with pumpkin and there's vegetables and rice. It's so. It's my favorite. Really? I love making them at home. I don't think of it as pumpkin pie. No, but I put pumpkin in my chili. Oh, that's oh, now one of my favorite chilies. Yes. Yes. Okay, nobody, now everybody knows the secret to my chili, but like, honestly. Pumpkin puree. Yes. Yeah. The thing you got to be careful is that you don't, don't get pumpkin, pumpkin pie. pie. Mm. <laughs> it's a little sweet chili. Uh, and what's that tang of cinnamon in your chili? Oh, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. not, yeah. Not, yeah. Oh, yeah. But I love it because it thickens it. So many more antioxidants in it. Love, love, love I that. didn't do it because of antioxidants, oh. but way to go. <laughs> My children don't know. <laughs> they just think that it's mom's chili, and they're like, it's so good and thick. And I'm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm, I'm just not the, a great mom when it comes to that kind of stuff. Girl, don't even give me that. You're, you're raising awesome Corn boys. Corn dog moms. Hey, there ain't no shame <laughs> in that boys. game. There ain't no shame in that game. No. I got tired of cooking for them because they wouldn't eat it, and I was like, so, well, this is what I'm cooking. Fend for yourself if you don't like it. Well, we're in that same 
boat. My kids have a, a former chef dad and a mom who loves to cook, and they basically live on Nutella and, yeah, you know, apples. And I just think... Nutella and bananas is what mine eat. They don't necessarily eat that together, but the, those oh, are... Oh, no, like they the, eat it together. Oh. That's breakfast. Okay. Hey. A banana with Nutella on it. <laughs> There's nuts in that. I think that's, and there's some milk there's product banana. There's a banana. Hello. <laughs> it's fruit. And there's no grains. They ate See, something. Look, it's almost Whole30 approved. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, Bentley does that whole, uh, I don't like it anymore. I was like, wait, what happened in the last 24 hours? You ate it yesterday. Oh. I just don't understand. My kids will binge on something until they just don't like it anymore. Maybe and then, that's it. Yeah. Okay, well, they've been binging on like... Fruit snacks and Doritos, and they still like. They those. still love the Takis are the big thing. Oh, in our, I, I know, I know, I know. Well, I can't. I'm sorry. I love you all who are eating Takis, but. Oh, see. Mm. You like Takis? Guilty, guilty secret. Yes, yes. That's fine. But I, I, I'm, I love spice. I don't. I'm a big. I'm, I grew up in New Mexico, so Hatch Chili season is like, as far as I'm concerned, equivalent to coming home. Yeah. Mm. So Same. I like garlic powder and you like hatch chili. Yep. Mm-hmm. That's fine. That's okay. good. It's yeah. fine. It's fine. That's all of our Takes food will take difference. Yep. But I, I, uh, yeah, I'm a, it's not what I have my go-to. Anyways. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we like squirrels went straight into food. Yep. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> the hard <laughs> food podcast is just fine with me. <laughs> okay. So you said, um, a little bit about your husband, that former chef. Yeah. You know, that is, it is something like, you know, they say, you know, if you do this, you don't do this at home, which we don't, I cook at home. Rick, oh my gosh. Ever since we left the cafe, that man has never, he normally, I don't want to say never, he might listen to this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) He doesn't cook. (laughs) Mm. I even, I ran home for lunch today and he's in the refrigerator and then he just knew. He's like, sweet, she's home. She's going to make something real quick. And he's done down. <laughs> uh, look at his hopeful self. Yeah, now, I made him a pork tenderloin <laughs> real quick. Wow. Wow. You're, you're mm-hmm. quite the Susie homemaker. I'm, so Ron, Ron kind of goes through cycles of he'll, he's, he still loves to cook. But his thing is that he really wants to cook for the people that he loves. It's hard when you've been in that mm-hmm. industry for a while and you realize that that your output um, is somebody else's like Tuesday night meal and they really don't care. Mm. And, um, you know, we were watching ketchup packets go down the trash and thinking to ourselves, there go our kids um, college, <laughs> you know, and um, which is not the way to to live right um and so now when he cooks for us he really wants to cook the things that we love oh that's um, nice i like that his pork okay, tacos so you, yeah did you, you used to have a restaurant we had a food truck okay yes we had a food truck and did that for about 18 months and um what kind of food truck okay. it was well it was kind of a fusion kind of we just love matt mashing stuff up and so the theme was all around houston's highways and byways and so you could have a 610 pileup which was barbecue nachos or you could have um hot wheels which was our um gourmet grilled cheese with jalapeno um jalapeno jelly that you could dip it in and i mean there's just lots of different lots of different things but 610 burger and i don't think if i asked him for a black bean burger right now i don't think he would make me one i really don't because that was 
the bane of his existence. That I've said me. that phrase twice now. Apparently, bane is a big word for me today. But <laughs> it's a big word for me too. Yeah. <laughs> he didn't like it. He didn't like yeah, it at all. Exactly. Um, but um, part part of our story is that we were just trying to figure out what God wanted next from us, and um, he we found out that food trucking was a season a season of time that we would do that and got out of that pretty quick. Yeah. And he's now teaching at a school for kids uh, with learning differences and he's teaching physics and chemistry and he is loving it. And to see your husband go from, um, it's hard to get out of bed to like jumping up and saying, I got to go in and work on the questions for my test this afternoon. And I'm thinking that is night and day. Physics. But he's but excited so awesome. about it. Yeah. yeah. When you're living in into mm-hmm. your calling. Yeah. Yeah. It's a big difference. Sure. So. Okay. So what do you do? I am a children's minister and I get to do that at Christ Church Cathedral in downtown Houston. And I've been in children's ministry for 28 years. Um, there's no shame in that. I should just Heck say that no. for 28 years. That's awesome. <laughs> I'm like, high five. Children and youth. Um, for, for a time I did a stint as a youth minister. And um, I, I know that that was a season for me. That was not something that I could do long term. But I love kids are my jam. I, this, um, their mamas are my sweet spot, but kids are my jam. And I love uh, any chance that I get to connect them with their lifelong best friend. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's. So what does that look like, children's ministry? Like as on in a daily, day- on a, what, is, what does that look like for you? So I am a Tuesday through Friday, kind of eight to four o'clock or kind of punch of the clock and then Sundays all day. Yeah. And so because of that, I have two, uh, I have these two bookend days on Saturday and Monday that are mine. And, um, because they're not back to back, I get, I have to be very intentional about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. I understand Um, that. Working in a church. And if, if you know people who work in a church, you should really encourage Sabbath in them more, more so, um, than you encourage your, your other friends, because it's, it's just one of those things that we tend to do for everybody else, but we don't necessarily, aren't necessarily good at doing it for ourselves. Yeah. And so Mondays are my Sabbath and I, I guard them. So what does your Monday look like besides being on a podcast? Besides being on a podcast and meeting a friend. That's a good good day. It is. It is. My Mondays are generally spent doing um, whatever I want after I do carpool drop off. Um, And sometimes. How many kids do you have? I have two. I have a 15-year-old Keaton and both girls. Keaton's 15 and Carson's 11. And... um, after dropping them off, sometimes that means coming back home and taking a nap. Heck I mean, yeah. and I, I've had to remind myself, um, through the years that, that, that I shouldn't be ashamed of that, that taking care of myself takes all different forms. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes it's coming back and feeling indulgent and reading a book just for fun. Like nobody's on me about it. Um, other times it would be just to get in the kitchen and cook. Not you, I promise. You're just winking at me. I'm winking at you <laughs> with something in my eye. So sometimes it's cooking in the kitchen and um, with no real, like, this is for dinner, but just I, I want to make Feels bread. Uh-huh. Yeah. And um, as somebody who's. Totally. Yeah. Somebody who's I get gluten- that bug. I'm like, I got to cook. I don't know what it is. What do you want? I'm like, I have 50,000 ideas in my head and I got to get them out. 
And for, for me, I have to remind myself that just as the way art is, it's not, it's not always for the end product. Like I'm not going to sure. sell this thing or, right. um, that it's just sometimes it's me. just for the doing, yeah. right. It's just in the, it's just in the putting those ingredients together. Um, I'm doing a lot of experimenting right now with gluten-free. Uh, I've been gluten-free for almost 10 years. Cause you need to be. Cause I need to be. Yeah. And, um, but it's hard to find good gluten-free bread and there is nothing like the smell of home, like bread baking in your home. Oh. So have you perfected it? No. Oh, okay. No. I did, <laughs> but I'm having fun trying. <laughs> yeah. yeah. What are your favorite blends of flour? I like cup for cup. Cup for cup. It's it's a pre, pre-blended, yeah. but I like the results that I'm getting out of that. Where can you buy that? The Amazons. The Amazon, okay. And I actually also sometimes find it at H-E-B. Oh, really? In their gluten-free section. Oh, mm-hmm. I might have to try that. It's a it's a blue bag, and it says cup with a no- number four. Cup, four cup. Mm-hmm. Only because people always are winning. I mean, I know we have, like, our gluten-free pies. Yeah. I'm always looking for um, an easier flour. Because pie crusts and gluten-free are almost mutually exclusive. It's just, it's hard. I don't know how you guys do it. I don't know how you do it. The, yeah, because when you go buy the flour at the store, it just is so grainy. It just, ugh. I do or not it, like it. Or, like, what I'm finding is that it's so much almond flour and so much coconut flour oh, that it ends up taking, like, not. almond and coconut. And then I'm like, but that's not what I wanted. I wanted yeah, just they a... they don't, and they don't, oh, yeah, they don't bake like you want. Mm-mm. Like that crispy crust. Flaky. Mm-mm. Nope. Mm-mm. They're Does nothing not flaky happen. about it. No flake. Crumbly. <laughs> Both before and after. Yeah. No excitement. And you're like, this stinks. But I got, a, I made a new recipe our, we have fairy godmothers in our life, and the fairy godmothers made um, my birthday pie last year, I think it was, and they made with a honey nut Cheerio crust, and it was so stinking good. Honey nut Cheerio crust. Yes. I will say you can find that on Pinterest, but you don't need to add the sugar. It asks for some, but I don't think it needs it. Just saying. It sounds good. It was very good, but then it's like fresh raspberries and Jello, and like oh, it was so yum. <laughs> now my mouth is watering. It's okay, I'll swallow. <laughs> uh, we like so squirreled onto food again. <laughs> okay, <laughs> us? I'm sorry. <laughs> How did that happen? Oh my goodness. Okay, all right. So you have two kids, and you're in the ministry. Mm-hmm. How did you get in the ministry? I am a Methodist preacher's kid, so. Um, my dad was in the military when I was born, and we moved to New Mexico real quick. Um, I was born in Michigan, moved to New Mexico, which is polar opposite. And my dad got his call into ministry when I was probably six. And he ended up in seminary, and we came back to New Mexico because my parents fell in love with New Mexico. Yeah. And so I was. Where in New Mexico? Um, we started out in the Tularosa Basin, which is down by in Almogordo, um, which is where White Sands National Monument is and everything. And then we did the tour of New Mexico, thanks to the United Methodist Conference, um, and uh, did Fort Sumner, Las Vegas, New Mexico, Clayton, and then I peeled off and went to college, and they continued to travel. Um, but when I peeled off and went to college, they asked me, I had never planned to go to college. My parents, that was their plan for me, but I had never planned to go to college. Mm. Um, I didn't really know what, 
I, I was really kind of a late bloomer and super um, introverted in a lot of ways. And um, also, I don't know if introverted is the right word. I just was, I was very shy um, about things and I didn't know, I was very naive. There's the right, right, right word. Ooh, that was hard. There's the right word, naive. And so when I went to college and they asked me for a major, I was like, I have no idea what you're talking about. And they said, well, what does your dad do for a living? And I said, well, what? Oh my gosh. I said, well, he's a Methodist minister. And they were like, oh, okay. What does your mom do? And I said, well, she's a stay at home mom. And they go, oh, we don't have a degree plan for that. What do you like kids? And I said, yeah. And they said, great, we're going to put you in Christian ed. And so I started taking classes in, in Christian education. I have long been called the Pied Piper of children. I mean, even as a, as a teenager, I did a lot of babysitting and stuff. Um, but I, I never really thought of myself as we didn't have a children's minister. Mm -hmm. None of the churches my dad had were big enough to have a youth minister or a children's minister or anything like that. So when they said, you know, do Christian ed, I don't, didn't really know what that meant. So it was just more of a, a deeper dive into what I had always uh, known and and definitely where I what I believed. And so then got a job in a small little Methodist church and loved it and because I got to hang out with kids and t teach them about Jesus and I just love that and um, so that was it was not necessarily a hard. A hard sell. Yeah. Um, but I didn't go in looking for it. It just right. kind of, it kind of found me mm -hmm. more than I found it. Yeah. That's crazy. <laughs> crazy good. Yeah. I love it. God's yeah. cool like that, you know? Yep. I love how you, they said, what your dad do? Oh my goodness. Yeah. Sorry. Well, I just think about that. I was like, if they asked, what does your dad do? Oh, look, I'm doing, I did what, what? my dad did. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh. but you know, there's something beautiful about being in the family business, you know? And, and I, um, I fought it for a long time. And I also fought this idea that women couldn't be ministers. Yep. Um, and, and not that that was something that my, my parents pushed, but it was definitely something that I heard growing up and God definitely has called me into the ministry. Um, he has not called me into pulpit ministry, though I have been given lots of platform platforms right. to speak to women. Um, you know, they're my sweet spot. I, I've got a heart for mamas that is big as Texas. You know, I just want, I want them all to, to realize as early as they can that nobody's got it all together. Sure. And, and also that, um, it's going to take more than what you've got to get your kids raised up into, we're really not raising kids. We're raising adults. That's to raise them into adulthood, it's going to take more than what you've got. And so let's all link arms and decide that we can do this together because we're, we're stronger together. Sure. And our kids are so much better off for what Jen Hatmaker calls bonus parenting. You know, I mean, gosh, I can point to 15 women who have spoken truth over my kids, who love them in ways right. that, that I am deficit in. You know, I, my oldest starts talking sports and I for as much as I love her, she can talk about what it means to be a starting point guard. And all I can say is my kid's a, a freshman starting point guard. I have no idea what that means. I have zero idea. Even though I was a cheerleader, like rah, rah, spoon ball, like that kind of cheerleader, even I knew the difference between we had the ball and they had the ball. And that's all I had to know in order to call defensive or offensive 
cheers. That's all I had to know. <laughs> I didn't have to know what the play was. And so my kid needs somebody who, when mm. they, when she says, oh, I got the ball and then blah, 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 I, I get lost in all the words because I don't understand it. But but these other people who can come in and say, okay, here's what you need to do. Don't forget, you know, you're going to lean in when they start elbowing you and you're going to, and I'm like, oh, oh, that sounds kind of mean and whatever. Well, it's not mean. It's learning how to play the game right. um, in, in a way that has integrity. I don't, I don't know how to coach her in that. But these other, these other women can come alongside, and, and men, you know. These other parents can come alongside and help them. Um, my younger is more my my drama kid and so I am going to be an awesome drama mama I'm already I've I'm going to make the shirt I'm going to I'm, I'm going to be there but, why haven't you made the shirt how old, are you, uh, how old is she she's 11 I she, mean you should already have the shirt she's she is playing Miss Hannigan in her school's um play play of Annie and I I am so here for this I cannot even now I'm here for Keaton too. Don't sure. Don't no, guess, no, but, no. But you just yeah, are, yeah, yeah. I didn't think that you're like I don't understand that. So mm, no, no, I didn't get that at all. Okay. I promise. I still scream my ding dong. Yeah, off, but. yeah. You're sh- it's still embarrassing, mm. mom. That's yeah, awesome. Yeah. Super proud. <laughs> oh my goodness. Okay, so what is um like what what's on the what are you doing right now? What do you want to share with everyone? What do you? I know you have a lot of things tucked yeah. you know hidden away like is there anything you can tell anybody that you're working on that you yes. want to talk about where God's been chasing your heart and so I have um I've been squirreling away good words um squirreling away for a long time um some books that have been in me uh two books of essays that are still in process three books of journal prompts that um are prayer format that I've finally sent off to a friend to start, um, kind of culling through and then two children's books that I have in Good process, grief. but it's, it's just, That's so awesome. but it's, it's, it's terrifying to say out loud because just knowing that it's there. And now that I've said it, that, that mm-hmm, that's there. Um, <laughs> because it's been easier for me to hide behind a podcast mic. Sure. And so I'm watching you, I'm, I'm a few yards behind you, but I'm watching you walk with such grace and integrity, um, through your book launch, um, that it, it's making me want to be brave. It's making me want to step out and, and be bold. Um, so thank you for, for kind of trailblazing sister. (laughs) Oh yeah. Um, You're welcome. (laughs) I, I have, so I have a podcast and, um, we've we're about 50 episodes in and really happy um that I started that I started it but in the beginning when God told me to do this it was to sit down two two hearts two friends heart to heart cups in hand and that we would not share the same beliefs all the time that we would not agree on all the things and that agreeing to disagree was going to be okay and that that was going to be part of the of the whole process and, and reasoning behind the podcast. And then I quickly pulled a Moses and I was like, yeah, that's totally not what God really wanted from me. I think what he wanted was for me to interview people. And so I would find these amazing friends of mine and I have, 
have amazing friends who are doing these amazing things. And I hid behind my mic and I was like, tell me more about your life and tell me how you're doing and what's God doing in your life. And, um, Cheryl Moses, our, uh, another one of our mutual friends, um, she, I was interviewing her for the podcast and she asked me a question. And for the first time I went off script and just started talking from my heart and from an experience that I had. And the next thing I knew we were getting like calls and DMS and messaging about what I had said. And, and that was kind of the beginning of the undoing of me. Um, I, what did, can I ask what you said? Well, she, or should we all listen no, to the podcast? you could, it's Cheryl's episode. Don't ask me what number it is, but it's Cheryl's episode. Um, she, we were talking about when God speaks loudest to us and sometimes that those are scary times mm-hmm. and that I had been on a hammock, um, trip with a bunch of my youth and a storm was rolling in and our hammock expert, my, my good friend, Mike Mullen, um, and I were with all these kids and the storm was coming. You could see it coming. And he had it on the app on his thing. And he goes, it's about to be here in, in five minutes. It's going to be on us and it's big and it's huge. And Carrie, you've got to get them into their hammocks and you have to tell them not to get out of their hammocks to keep their feet inside their hammock, to not let anything touch the ground. And I'm like, I have these people's children in my in my care. Mm -hmm. And I mean, they were all high school age students, but I was terrified. So I told him, get your Bibles and get your um, journals and go journal about Psalm 43. Um, be still and know that I am God, you know? And so (laughs) send these babies off to their little banana sacks that they're going to lay between two trees. And Mike had told me, he said, as long as they stay in the tree, if, if the tree even gets struck by lightning, the current will go through them, but it will not it won't be grounded and it won't electrocute them. And so I'm laying in this sack with nothing between me and the elements, but a tarp and my hammock. And I'm praying like I have not prayed in a long time. And I write down the word be, cause that's the first. And I just thought, what does it mean to just be with you right now, God? And then the next, the next entry was be still. And I thought everything inside me wants to run. Every ounce of me wants to get free from this place. Be still and be still in what God and, and, and like, tell me how this story ends. Be still and know, what does it mean to know that you're going to hold me through the storm? And so this, this process of going through that whole verse, the, the storm lasted maybe 20 minutes longest 20 minutes ever. Oh, and, and they're, the kids are laughing and journaling, but none of them are getting out of their, of their hammocks. And these, I'm looking down beneath my hammock and there are, there's like a river of water flowing underneath me. And I know, I mean, it's the kind of lightning where you see it and, and feel it. It's so hot. The air was crackly. I mean, it was, um, Huntsville state park. It was, it was, I, you know, you, you probably can list off the, the five moments in your life that you're closest to Christ. And that is in my top five. I would, yeah. Um, but I was just sharing that with Cheryl, you know, as kind of a, oh, an aside and 
people who've known me my whole life who were listening to the podcast were like, you have to start sharing the things that God's yeah. putting on your heart because that spoke to me. Right. And that wasn't to say that Cheryl didn't say sure. things that were meaningful and yeah. wonderful. And, and she did. She absolutely did. Um, but it, it was the beginning of the undoing. And yeah. I realized I have to stop interviewing and I have to start. So I asked God, you're going to have to give me a clear symbol, a clear sign, excuse me, uh, that it's time to go again. And I, I put pause on, on the, on the podcast and Ron got sick last fall mm. and it, we didn't need that during that time to be doing all the it's podcasting. Right. And so, um, I just got the green light in January. Um, in my prayer time, it was clear as clear as a bell. And we're hosting during Lent. I don't know when this is going to air, but during Lent, a podcast for kids by kids, that's going to be hosted by you brew you. And we're going to go through, um, the way of love, which is the presiding bishop of the Episcopal church, his, um, kind of mandate for us is ways that we practice our faith. It's these seven guiding practices. And, um, I'm going to interview kids and talk to them about what it means. What does it mean to rest? What do you need to rest? What do you not need in order to rest and just see where we go and see what happens. And then from there, kickstart getting back into just sitting down with my friend Tara and a cup of something wonderful and talking. So oh, I want like I can't wait to listen to the kids podcast. I'm excited about it. I love talking to the kids about stuff. I was asking Bentley the other day like I was trying to draw heaven. <laughs> oh, and I'm like <laughs> I was searching hard. everywhere. I was like besides, you know, I was like what does heaven look like? And Bentley go I was like Bentley, what do you think heaven looks like? He goes, I think it looks like this right here mm. where we're at. But the clouds are real low in between the houses, and there's no cars. And I was like, sounds good. I think I could draw this. <laughs> but oh. I just love what they... Their perspective. Yeah. Is, I really feel like part of the reason that God allowed me into children's ministry is that really that's where my heart for him has always stayed. Mm. My faith is... It's not... It's not. It's definitely not a young faith. I've been walking with Jesus basically my whole life, life. Mm -hmm. but, um, I don't feel like I ever grew into like adult faith. My faith in him is super simple. It's not like I hear people get real heady about him and I'm like, wow, that's amazing that you can go there. Mine is so located in my heart and in my knower. Like I just don't, I don't, I have a, I have some head knowledge about God, but it's not real heady. My stuff is, is it's a it's, feely. It has, yeah. It's heart knowledge. Yeah. And yeah. 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 Man. Okay. So tell us about that. Do you, where, where is it, um, that, you know, you were, maybe it's about Ron or what you want to share where you were like at the, well, you're in the trenches and you just were like, wait, I just want to get to the top of the mountain and you get to the other side, you know, or when you can see yourself crawling out of the trenches and God was just, he was there with you the whole entire time and pulling you out. I feel like my life has been a series of tunnels. Um, so like if you were, if you were going through a, a multiple mountain, mountain range to get to the other side of this, you know, mm -hmm. multi mountain that, that it's just a series of like really, really dark, hard times followed by this like brilliant Ooh. patch of amazingness. Mm -hmm. And then, and then, Oh gosh, here comes another tunnel. And, and then boom, another amazing, you know, Vista. And, um, I, th 
I feel like um, part of my faith walk right now is understanding deeper that first comes the blessing and then comes the struggle. Mm. I always, I used to think it was the other way around. First comes the struggle and then comes the blessing. But Lent is, is a time, a season in the church that's really important to me. And just recently I was studying up to get ready to talk to kids about, about Lent and realized that Jesus goes and gets baptized, right? And he spends this time in the river and, and God sends the dove and, and sends this blessing that says, you know, you're my, this is my beloved. This is my son and whom I'm well pleased. Right. And it says that immediately he left there and went into a time of testing 40 days and 40 nights. Like first came the blessing, this beautiful, wonderful thing. And then this hard period of a long time. Right. And so not that I spend my time with a, with what Brene Brown calls a, a bunch of foreboding joy, you know, like something really good happened now, something really bad's going to happen. Yeah. That's not what I'm talking about. But I do, I do understand that my life is much like a patchwork quilt, you know, that there are going to be big chunks of this really, of this fabric that like nobody really wanted. And then there are going to be these other pieces that were silk and beautiful and, and so fancy, you know, that when it's all crazy quilted together is the fabric of my life. But in, if you were just looking at it as a bag of rags, it would look like a hot mess, you know? And so I'm just letting, I'm trying to let God stitch those pieces together so that it makes sense in God's economy and not necessarily in mine. Hmm. I don't know if that was what you were asking, but that's, um, you asked though about, a time though. Yeah. Well, just if, if someone was like right now, like they're struggling and they're not seeing, um, what if they didn't see the blessing? What if they're just seeing the trench, you Mm -hmm. know, but what could you say to encourage them where they're, you know, that a time that you were going through so that they know, like you will get out, you you don't have to be in those trenches. You don't have to be there forever. And that he's there with you the whole entire time. I, um, I have to remind myself that I know how the story ends. Mm -hmm. I was the kind of little girl who would read the last page just to Mm -hmm. find out if the person lived. And then I was like, okay, I can go back and read the whole story. Oh my goodness. Right. (laughs) Cause, cause I didn't want to, I didn't want to spend, all my time getting in, you know, falling in love with this person and then finding out that like, she's going to die in the end. Right. And so I would read ahead and I spent a lot of my young adult life thinking if I could just thought of the Bible that way. Yes. Okay. Okay. I'm getting there. I'm getting there. (laughs) You're fine. You're fine. (laughs) But I I spent a lot of my young adult life thinking if I could just fast forward through the next six months Mm -hmm. and see that I, that I get through this, God, I'm willing to come back and live that whole thing. As long as you can just tell me it's going to be okay on the other end. Mm -hmm. And, and I also bought into a lie that it's going to get better. It doesn't always get better than it was, you know? And, and so what I can say though, is that I know who wins. I know because I've read, I've read the book of revelation, not just the book of revelation, but I've read God's word. And I know that in the end, 
my hope is built on something that is much greater than anything this world can afford me. Um, now, I, I, when I was young, I used to pray, you know, God, if you would just let me find mm-hmm. the man of my dreams and Long get us married, let us get married, then it's fine. You can take me. Okay. Now we've got, I've got the guy. Could, could we just have this one beautiful baby? And we lost a lot of babies mm-hmm. before we got Keaton. And, um, I don't, I don't say this with any amount of flipping me. I'm saying this. I understand the full weight of what I'm about to say, but we lost nine Nine. to get to, to get to, to parent the two that we have. And that's heavy. Yeah. And that's hard. And there are, there are whole seasons like spring is not my favorite time. Mm. Um, had a lot of loss, loss in spring. So everything's growing and new. Sure. And it's kind of like I felt I went through a season where everybody was getting pregnant but me. And everybody was inviting me to their baby showers. And I would go and I would take these gifts begrudgingly because I wanted them for myself. And I would go and I would try so hard to be happy for her or them. And it was so hard. And then I got to the other side of that and we did end up having Keaton and she was exactly what God knew we needed. And she came at exactly the right time. And then I started looking at those other women at my showers and the hollow look in their eyes and the way their arms would ache. I I knew that because I had sat in that seat Mm -hmm. and I had been in that, in that trench and Nothing's saying that you're going to get that baby. Right. Nothing's saying that that man's coming. But you are never alone. And I don't think God allows us to have those longings without being fully capable of giving us the desire of our hearts. I don't think he dangles a carrot in front of us. That's not, that's not the way God, that's not the way God works. Um, and so wait, the waiting, the time that we wait in between what we want and what we receive um, sometimes is the hardest. All the time is the hardest. Yeah. Um, I had to learn to praise him in the hallway as doors were shut over and over and over again. I had to learn to be grateful in the hallway and when that door cracked just a tiny bit, Tara, I shoved my foot in so hard. Um, it is, it's, it's not easy. And it's, it is easier on this side of it to make it seem like, oh, everything, you will, yeah, you, you can do hard yeah. things and, and all that. But you have to find people sure. to surround yourself with and people who are not going to mollycoddle you and say the things that you want to hear. Um, cause I mean, I had one woman call me right after we one loss and she said, you've got unconfessed sin in your life. Oh, but And, and if you would just confess this sin, okay. then maybe you could have a baby. And I hung up the phone with her and I was, I remember exactly where I was sitting in my car, in the parking lot of where I worked at the time and I'm sobbing and my phone rings and it's a friend who knows my heart, right? God, that timing is not lost on me, right? And I pick up the phone and Laura says, why are you crying? 
And I said, well, so-and-so just said that it's unconfessed in my life, and that's why I lost this baby. And she said, that is a lie straight from the pits of hell. And just, <laughs> and just having somebody just speak truth over me and so much grace. Mm-hmm somebody who would love me in the midst of my snot and slobber and messy, messy, ugly crying and say, you are not beyond his love. You are not beyond his reach. Your dreams are not out of sync. Hang on. Um, it's those friends that throw you the rope with the knot already tied on the end. Mm. You got to find those friends and hang on to them. Yeah. I like that. Broke with a knot already tied. <laughs> already tied. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Mm-hmm. Wow. Oh, thanks for sharing that. How how long was that season? That was 11 years. 11 years. Mm-hmm. From the time we started trying until we got Keaton. And um, she danced her way into our life. And then there was still season of loss. We lost um, another singleton and then a set of twins that were spontaneous twins, not uh, it, not anything, um, medically induced. Um, and we lost them at 18 weeks and, um, super hard, super hard. Um, and I can remember the day that we went in and they did the ultrasound and said that they were gone. And I was so angry and so hurt. And I don't know, I don't remember exactly what I said or did. Um, my mom came and we went to a prayer conference the next month. And this woman came up and asked a bunch of questions and she prayed fire in your belly. And I was like, I don't know about fire. That's a little scary. Um, and that fall I started getting just, just sick, sick, sick. And we thought it was my thyroid. My thyroid was a lot of the problem between me and staying pregnant. Um, and I just kept throwing up and throwing up and throwing up and throwing up. And my due date for the twins was December 18th. And my mom at the beginning of December, she said, you need to go take a pregnancy test. And I said, mom, until I can get past the twins due date, I cannot, I cannot, um, I can't do this. So December 19th, (laughs) I, I peed on a stick and touched down Jesus, two lines, and I went running in and showed Ron, and he said, do it again. So I peed on another <laughs> stick and another one. And so we called, we had a, a, an OBGYN who I just adore, um, still have her. And, um, and I called her at six o'clock in the morning and I said, what does this mean? And she said, I'm pretty sure you know what it means. And I said, okay, but like, how pregnant am I? Yeah. And she goes, well, when was your last, you know, period? Second. And I said, well, August. And she's like, why don't you come in and have an ultrasound? And I said, well, you do that later. And she goes, I don't know if you're good at math, but you're, you're pregnant and you're pretty pregnant. So I went in that morning and I laid down in a tech room and the tech came in the room and it was the exact same technician who had told us that we'd lost the twins. And she closed the door and I said, stop. And she looked at me and I said, I don't know if you remember me, but I'm the one who lost a set of twins in July. And I don't know what I said to you or how I acted, but I'm sorry. I was in the throes of grief and I, it, it's not like me. Whatever I said or did yeah. was not like me. And she said, Mrs. Lesner, I've been praying for you since July. Let's, let's see your baby. And she put that wand on my belly and there was Carson with her hand out like a wave, like a hand, like 
like a whole hand. And usually I would see these beans of promise, you know, these tiny little fluttery heartbeats. And here was this whole baby waving at me like, hey, mom, you missed the first trimester, but here I am. And there she was. There she was. Oh, I, that's horrible. <laughs> I love all that. So um, were you, did you get mad at God in any of that? Did you ever get angry at him or? I, I think I, I, or do you remember? I do. I do. Um, I go back to my faith is a lot like a child's faith. Mm -hmm. If I've been mad at him, it Mm -hmm. doesn't last very long. Sure. And I think that that can be both a a gift and a little bit of a, of a, of a booger, Mm -hmm. um, because other people are like, how are you over this so quickly? Right. And as though I should, there should be a, should a due be, date on yeah. things, you know, like this is time stamped for your grief should have lasted much longer than this, or your, your sadness or your fear or your anxiety or your anger should have lasted much longer than this. And I just don't think that's a safe thing to assume about anybody. We, we all get to do this the way we're designed. You know, I'm, um, you asked earlier, I'm an Enneagram nine and I'm a peacemaker. Like I don't have it in me to be angry, to stay angry. I I can get angry, but I like to get out of that real quick because I don't, I don't like the way that makes me feel. Um, and that can be, that can be a a sticking point in relationships, right? Where people are like, but I'm still mad at you. So you can just sit there in your happiness. Um, and so I'm, I'm learning, I'm learning more and more, um, that I'm just wired differently and that that's okay too. But it's easier for me to sit with other people in their grief because I've been there. Sure. Um, I never tell people, I know what you're going through. You'll never hear me say that. You'll also never hear me say, um, God needed another angel. Uh, That is one of those things that I heard. I mean, if they, if I swear, I thought any Christian phrases that you're like, yes, no, no, no. Maybe we should not say that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No. That's not helpful. Yeah. Uh, if God needed another angel, he would have made one. Boom. You know, I mean, like he's just God like that. He can, he can, he can do his thing. Um, but what was helpful to hear is I'm here and I'm not leaving and I'm going to do your laundry and girl, you need a shower. Yeah. You know, that kind of, those kind of friends. Yeah. And I want to be that kind of friend. Mm-hmm. And so, um, well, you are. <laughs> Thanks, girl. <laughs> so, wh- when are you gonna your podcast? Are you gonna flip the script and you're gonna talk to, you're gonna talk your stuff, your well, stories, your well, share yeah. you? Yeah. So, it, so you're not gonna just listen. Not just gonna listen anymore. Yeah, it's good stuff. It, it's time. Yeah. I think though that I've been waiting because I was afraid. I was afraid, and I. But I've been watching people like you, and you put yourself out there, and nobody. I mean, maybe maybe stuff's going on behind closed doors. And I, I don't know put it. all the pretty bad stuff out there. I can make it look pretty good. Right, mm-hmm. but you. But you're real but with I us, Tara, real. and you're not. You're not. Um, I, you don't. You don't pretty it up to the point where I think it's unattainable. Do you know what I'm saying? It's, it's definitely, I love being in your home and, and just, it's so, it's so fun. Your home is so fun. (laughs) I can only aspire to be that fun, but, but I want, um, I want to, 
I want to quit hiding behind that mic. Yeah. Because I think God, God can use. No what, wait. I, God, I don't think it. Okay, can I? I'll I'll say what I think. Uh-huh. The title of my first book is say it um i think it's willing mess mm. not willingness but willing yeah. mess one day i mistyped i'm a I'm happy like, mess is what i <laughs> my mess happy mess but i think i'm i'm a mess but i'm willing to be used mm-hmm. by god and so yeah. that's yeah awesome yeah so you're not gonna just keep them on the computer you're gonna nope. share them with everybody now yep it's time it's time i'll it's time. cheer you on Okay, so if I'm going to come over for dinner tonight, mm-hmm. what are you cooking? Um, well, I said Ron's pork tacos earlier because I really I really miss them. Okay, so that's your way of like, sweet, so-and-so hey. is coming over. You should make this. No, no. He, his pork tacos are worth coming to our house for. Oh, okay. You, Let but me you see know. what am I doing tonight. <laughs> Cancel the cooking class. I'm coming over for dinner. So you're asking if I'm cooking or if he's care. cooking? I don't care. Whatever. I'm cooking. I'm coming over. I'm not cooking. I'm coming over. <laughs> uh, if I, if you're coming over. Oh, don't do it like that. Just, I mean. His pork tacos, though, are really pulled pork tacos. And then he takes... Um, Red wine vinegar, vinegar. Mm-hmm. and red onions and, yep, those and does favorite. those quick pickle thing, yes, right? Those are the and best. The, and a little bit of oregano. Yeah. And it's just it's just enough. There's no spice to it. It's just enough to like make that whole thing just so happy in your mouth. So happy. <laughs> Sounds good. Okay. Yeah. I'll be over soon. Okay. Are you gonna share that recipe? Are you you I can. Us? I can. Okay. That's not the one I gave you, but that but is definitely... I can use that recipe, too, okay. or pulled pork tacos. I'll, I'll give you his pulled pork taco recipe. With, like, all the recipes. Okay. Because, do you know... I mean, how often is everyone... I'm doing it every night, searching. I just want to cook something different. The great thing about his pulled pork tacos is you just do that in the crock pot, and then you take your um, your mixer, your hand Emulsion? mixer, oh, okay. your hand mixer, and put those little things on them, and you stick that in the crock the pot. The beaters? The beaters. <laughs> What are you, what? Those things. Those things. Yeah. You know, the beaters. You stick the beaters in, in, the, the, in, the, in, the, in the crock pot and just pull that pork. And then, you, and then it's just amazing. You don't have to have, you don't have to have any special tools. That sounds good. I love it. Love it. Love it. Okay. So what do you, um, what would you share with everyone that you're reading right now? I, so for pleasure, I'm reading Jody Picoult's, um, storyteller and I'm not saying it's like a, a fun read. It is a hard, heavy world war two, um, concentration, Nazi concentration camp. Mm. Uh, I think that's our children need to know more about that. Yes. Yes. I really have been tempted to sit with them and hiding place. Oh, oh great that, place yeah, to start. Great place. That's, place how, that's start. where my parents started. Okay. Good. And I think Cause I was like. Well, Lord, we go straight to like Schindler's List. No, 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 hiding Good. place. It's it's definitely it's the right it's the right um, age and stage, and then reading to children. Matthew Paul Turner's "When God Made the World" it just came out, and um, "When God Made You." Those are some of my favorite reads to kids. He's just so he's got such a great um, a great grasp on the way kids will receive mm-hmm. a word from God. And then the people who have drawn, who have done his illustrations are just so thoughtful. Child in a wheelchair, child with vitiligo, like just seriously beautiful, 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 um, art. Um, 
for like devos and stuff or are you talking about like self-help or what i don't care but you read you're reading a lot i (laughs) i have i almost always have about six to eight books in progress um and i i just can't get enough i i'm so excited about your book um yeah Yep, too. <laughs> <laughs> um, but um, reading Dave Hollis's new book, Get Out mm-hmm. of Your Own Way, um, and Jess Conley's You're Girl. the Girl for the Job, yep. um, had a friend finally just say, stop talking about it and, and do, do it. it. So, and that was pretty much about the way two it weeks works. ago. Yeah. Yep, yep. Mm-hmm. She threw me a knot, so <laughs> it's, it's time to Here's your hang knot. On. Yep. Yep. I like that. Gonna... I'm afraid not. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, girl. That's hilarious. Yeah, well. Okay, so tell everybody where they can find you. You can find me on um, Facebook at Carrie Ann, one word, Loy, L-O-Y, like boy, Lesner, And then on Instagram. She still hasn't changed this, anybody, in uh, case you listen to the podcast. It's that time. I with her. Maybe she'll change it today. Do you think I should? Maybe. <laughs> okay. Here's your knot. Do it. <laughs> okay. I'll, Jeez. I'm, give me I your phone. I was form, <laughs> formerly known as Aunt Spazzy. And, um, <laughs> Don't you think she should change her name? <laughs> It'll just be Carrie Ann Loy Lesner, and then, and then it will all be the same. Boom. Yep. Uh, Especially if you're going to start writing books, sister. Yeah, I don't know. It was it was so funny at one point, and it's just not it's not funny anymore. No, because you're like, who's Patsy? <laughs> Aunt Spazzy. Um, and then um, Lesner is more is my uh, Twitter handle, and you can find um, the podcast You Brew You um, on Apple, iTunes. You can All find it on places. Google, mm-hmm. and then. The podcast website is youbrewyoupodcast.com. That's brew, B-R-E-W. Oh, am I saying it too fast? Youbrewyou.com. <laughs> I'm just, you know, no, clarifying. Yes, 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 yes. Okay, friend, thanks for coming. Thanks for inviting me. sit on the couch with me. Very fun. And um, I'll see you soon. Awesome. And I can't wait to read your book. Oh, and see your new name on Instagram tonight. Oh, awesome. <laughs> let's, let's work on that. Okay. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs> Hey y'all, I'm Tara Royer Steele, and welcome to the Jesus Pie and Coffee Podcast, the place where we have real conversations over pie and coffee.